Sing that again. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Sing, there's no shadow. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me.
Tears me down, fights till I'm found Leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away All the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God Thank you, God, that, that no matter what we're going through again, we just hold on to that promise, God, that you're always with us, that you're always good. Thank you, God. In your name, amen. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick breakfast break. Um, so we have breakfast set up outside. So you have 10 minutes, shake some hands, meet someone you haven't met before, and we'll be back here for the message in 10 minutes. Thanks for being here today, guys. This works. Okay, sweet. Thanks. 
And I still
All right. We are good to begin. Thanks for being here today at Mountainside, everyone. All the breakfast people, you're missing the important announcements. Anyways, it's all good. Um, so can we clap for everyone who served on the team uh, at some point this morning? Uh, we've said it every, every single week since we've started. Is uh, This is not a one-person show. This is not a small little group of people. This is everyone pitches in, everyone serves, and I uh, really appreciate that. Um, if this is your first time here, uh, in front of your pews, there should be uh, a connect card, a little blue card. If you leave that at the back, we have a free gift for you just to, to you know, say thank you for being here. Um, again, I was told, I know we've said this a couple times, this I've been asked to mention that this is our final movie night of the summer this Friday, okay? So uh, we're expecting a lot of people to come out. We do a big, you know, inflatable movie in the park for all of Bimbrook. And uh, it's, it's a pretty fun night. So I want to encourage you, uh, if you're around, come out to it. And if you could serve at it and volunteer at it, that would be appreciated as well. Um, just talk to me or, or my beautiful wife, Olivia, um, and we'll get all that stuff sorted out. Um, and with that, the grade five, six, seven, eights, you are dismissed outside. Have a great, great uh, time, guys. It's going to be good. Okay, so this past Wednesday, I had a very important conference call, okay, a very important a video call with some leaders from the POC, our church denomination, our church group, and uh, there's about 12 people on the call, and uh, I was just giving an update of kind of how our church is doing, you know, uh, what we need prayer for, how we can help other church planters, this kind of thing, and and it, it, it's awesome. We belong to such a good church group and good uh, church denomination, you know, they're mentoring me, all this kind of thing, it, it's great. So I'm in my office with uh, my four summer interns behind me and they're just working on their laptops as this is happening this kind of thing and about halfway through one of them gets the idea actually it was ben called <laughs> one of them gets the idea to pull out their laptop and write a little note on the laptop and it says quotations please help i'm being held here against my will <laughs> and uh, uh I, I guess they thought it would be a funny idea to hold this laptop up in the background of the video call, my very important video call with all my leaders and hold it in the background, you know, this kind of thing. And, uh, uh, you know, just to see what the reaction is. He wasn't actually there against his will. You know, he's being paid to be all this stuff. Um, yeah, so anyways, uh, the cops were called, and I still have I'm just kidding. No, they didn't, they didn't actually lift it up. Uh, but they told me afterwards, like, oh, we were going to do this, but we didn't know if you'd be upset or this kind of thing, you know. And I like to tell myself, they didn't actually do that is because they have so much respect for me, you know. That's what I like to tell myself, at least, you know. They respect me too much to prank me like that, you know. And uh, that's what I'm telling myself anyways. Um, and we're, we're doing a, a summer series for the whole summer and even a little bit after summer called um, the, 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 the we're, we're going through the whole Bible story the whole biblical narrative of all the individual stories from the Bible, how they all connect and tell one big story. And I think sometimes we have so much respect for the Bible, and we have so much kind of awe for the Bible, that we're kind of like, you know, I'm just going to let someone else interpret it for me. I'm going to let someone else uh, uh, teach it for me, and I'm not going to try it myself. But I'm here to tell you today that, yes, have a deep awe and respect for the scriptures, but read it yourself. You know what I mean? Don't, Don't just leave it. Uh, for others, you know, fall in love with the stories, fall in love with the characters. The, the, the Bible has a million, you know, separate stories that actually tell one really, really big story, and that's what 
we're continuing today. So a recap of what we talked about so far is in the very beginning, God created the whole world. He created everything. And life was perfect. It was the Garden of Eden, heaven on earth. And us as humans, we turn away from God. We sin. We go away from God. And, and it's kind of this, you know, tragic, tragic story there. And then in the second week, we talked about how God went to this man named Abraham and he made him a promise that one day his family would become a nation. His, his family would one day become a, a nation. And the third week, we talked about how, how that family eventually became the nation of Israel. And they had this man named Moses as a leader. And, and this week, I want to talk about, so what happened to Israel after Moses? And obviously, we're going to skip a lot of details. We're going to skip a lot of stories, kind of look at the main highlights of, of the whole biblical narrative. But today, I want to talk about how Israel established themselves as a country. And the principle that we learn from this story uh, it has the ability to impact every single aspect, every single part of our life for the good if we let it. And, and I'm, I'm believing today that every single person in the room is going to leave this building a little better, a little closer to God, uh, a, a little more ready to learn about who he is. Okay, so, so let's get into it. So Israel has a, has a leader named Moses. And God tells Moses, you know, I have land for you. Go, go settle into this land. And, and what happens is as time goes, Moses, like we all do at one point, Moses passes away. And different leaders, they come and go. And, and the, the identity in, in the country of Israel, they're finally starting to feel a little settled. They're finally, you know, feeling established. They're happy. They have, they have their own land. And the only thing is they don't really have a firm leader yet, you know. Sometimes a leader would would rise up for certain occasions and kind of lead them through some troubles or this kind of thing. But there wasn't like an official, this is our leader of Israel, you know. So the people of Israel, they go, they go to God and they say, God, please give us a king. Every other country has a king but us. Please choose a king for us. And what happens is uh, a, a king is chosen. He's a man named Saul. And Saul's a really good guy, actually. Uh, he, he, you know, he loves people. He loves God. And as time goes, though, he starts to change, and he, he started off by being a good king for God and for the people, all this kind of stuff. But as time went, this attitude of serving God and serving other people had eventually kind of faded where it was kind of, you know, me, 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 my own interests, my own, what, what, what do I need out of this? And it gets to the point where it actually starts hurting the nation of Israel. It, Saul's leadership, it, it goes very poor, it starts to crumble, and that actually starts affecting Israel in a negative way. So God chooses a new king, and, and look what... God says to the current king about the new king. He says, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people. That's rough, right? Imagine you're the king and God's like, oh, by the way, you're not going to be king for much longer, by the way. I have, I have someone else ready to come in. And it, essentially God's saying, you've tried to build your own little kingdom, Saul, you, you were working all about what benefits you, 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 you. So you're actually going to lose your kingdom. And, you know, the initial thought sometimes is, but wait, 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 Bronson. Um, was, like, what was he supposed to be doing then, if not that? Like, are, are, you're king. You're supposed to be a king, right? You're supposed to go build your kingdom more, and, and that's what kings do, right? And, and I would push back with a concept that Jesus talks about all the time. And it's all throughout the New Testament. It's all throughout the Bible, actually. But specifically, Jesus talks about it. It's something called the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Or the, sometimes it said the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of God is not a, a physical thing. It's not a physical place. 
The kingdom of God is anything that God wants to happen. That's the kingdom of God. Okay, so so picture if God was the king in in, in somewhere, and you know, as, as the king, what you want to happen happens. That's the kingdom of God. Okay, so so you're here out of church service this morning, learning about God. I believe that's the kingdom of God. You're taking part in the kingdom of God today. Uh, when you love your spouse, even when you don't feel like it, even when they've been home all day, you come home, the dishes are still there. What the heck? Come on, you're home all day. And you still love them. That's the kingdom of God. When you buy your friend lunch, you try to be a generous person. That's the kingdom of God. You're doing what God would want you to do. Um, this one is, is, is really deep, okay? When your friend wants to go to Burger King instead of Chick-fil-A, and you just go with it because you're trying to be kind, right? That's the kingdom of God, right? When being kind, you know what? I retract that. That is not the kingdom of God, okay? The kingdom of God is always Chick-fil-A, okay? Um, have you guys been there? No? It's, it's coming to Toronto in like two weeks, okay? So trust. You'll know what I'm talking about. You'll know what I'm talking about, okay? Doing what God wants you to do, though. That's the kingdom of God. Whenever you're doing something that God wants you to do. And Saul, as the king, he was not living with that perspective at all. He's living with kind of inward, inward focus. And what happens to Saul is, as, as, as time goes by, he's replaced by this man named David. And David is the second king of Israel. And David had a totally different perspective on how to be king than Saul did. The difference between them is, is why they did what they did. When, when Saul was building his own kingdom so he could have more wealth and power and authority, kind of whatever, da it seemed like David knew something that Saul didn't know, right? David was a king not... For his own sake. He was a king for God. He, he wasn't building the kingdom of David. He was building the kingdom of God. And again, I don't mean like he was physically building the kingdom of God. I mean spiritually. He was building the kingdom of God. He was doing what God wanted to do. And it wasn't what David physically did. And, and that's what God was impressed with. It's what David's heart looked like. It's what, it's what he did. And I'll, I'll show you a quick example of this, okay? Um, so in 2 Samuel chapter 7, um, David and God, and, and they kind of have a conversation. So it says this, talking about David. After the king was settled, so after David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, so a prophet was someone who just spoke to God back then, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. So David's saying, look, you know, us as, na as a nation, we're established, all, you know, good things that happen. I really feel like we should build a temple so that people can come and worship God and focus on God and think about God. Isn't that a great idea? And then it says this, but that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. Are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? Now then, tell, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people. Next one. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. So he's saying, you don't need to build me a house, David. Actually, I'm going to build you a house. He says, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build the house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Get this. This is wild. This is a promise from God, okay? Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. And then Nathan came and told David the exciting news, this exciting promise. So, so David, he's the king. He wants to use his influence as king to say, hey, we should build the temple so everyone will focus on God, so everyone can come and focus on God. It's going to be so amazing. And God basically says, David, 
it's okay. You don't, you don't have to be there. I appreciate it, but no, it's all good. You're not the one to do it. But David, I see your heart. I see your motives here of what's really going on. The heart that says, I'm king, I do whatever I want, but I'm going to put my focus on God instead. I'm choosing to build God's kingdom, not just my own. God sees the heart and he makes him the promise. David, since you put my kingdom ahead of your own kingdom, I'm making you this promise. You will always have a son or grandson or kind of whatever. As long as time goes, someone from your family will always be king. You don't understand. As, as a king back in those days, it's like, yes, this, this is the promise of promises because your family is now safe. Your, your dynasty is safe. And, and, and dynasty, right, is, is different families of kings, right? So when there's a new family of, of that, that's not the king, that's called a, a, a new dynasty. And God's saying there will be no dynasty switching from now on, David. Your family is the family, the royal family. I promise you. This would have meant everything to David. And, and it's kind of this question of, okay, that's like a drastic promise. That's like a massive promise. Why on earth did God make such a huge promise to David? And you see it's because David put God's kingdom ahead of his own. Look, look, look. Catch this, okay? Did you know that there are rewards and there are benefits for following God and putting him first? We talk every single week, and we're talking about this week too, don't worry, about how following Jesus is the hardest thing you will ever do. It costs you everything. There is pain involved. There is sacrifice involved. Oh, it hurts to follow Jesus sometimes. But it is always worth it. It is always worth it in the end. And it is life in its very fullest. Today, I want to focus on the worth it part, okay? Look, following God is worth it. Look, did you know that God wants to give you a satisfying life? He does. He wants you to live a fulfilled life. David put God first, and God rewarded him for it. Guess what? I want to, I want to encourage you. I challenge you to follow David's example. Put God first in everything. And look, I'm telling you, he will reward you for it. He will reward you for it. Let's be people who build God's kingdom ahead of, ahead of our own kingdoms, okay? Let's, let's tell others about Jesus. Let's do God's will. And this is what I really believe. God will reward us for it. He will. Now, don't get confused, okay? Just a little side note. Don't get confused on this. I'm not saying you can earn God's love or you can earn God's approval. That's not what I'm saying. He loves you just because you are you, okay? And I know that's like grade one Sunday school. You're, like, You're special, you know? But it's true. He loves you simply because... You are his kid, okay? But there are byproducts, good byproducts, of going God's way instead of our own way. There's true life. There's satisfaction. There's a life of purpose. Look, it's all ours. Life in its fullest. When we choose to go his way in, 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 in our society, constantly, we live in such a good part of the world, but constantly we're, we're told, build a life of success for yourself, build your resume, do what you want to do, be whoever you want to be, all this kind of thing. And God tells us in the scriptures to do the complete opposite. God, God says, don't live for this life, live for the next life. Don't build your own kingdom, build God's kingdom. And you know what? He's going to reward you for it. Now, again, let me just a little side note. Let me clarify what I mean by rewards, okay? I'm not talking about, you know, God, you, you do something good, so God randomly gives you a ton of cash, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. Although that could happen. I mean, God can do whatever he wants, okay? I'm not saying that if you follow God, you'll get a nice car. Although that could happen. Sure, that could happen. I mean the things that really, really count in life. Remember how we, we talked about last week um, or two, two weeks ago? 
we have our version of what a good life looks like, and then God has his version of what uh, a good life looks like. And the difference is God actually knows what a good life looks like and the best life looks like. And we have in our mind, you know, it has to be this, but no, no, God, God has the perfect life in its very fullest life for you. He does. Look, and again, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying it's painless. It will cost you everything. But look, you will gain everything when we decide to follow Jesus with all of our heart. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of, again, kind of why following Jesus is worth it and, and a benefit of that and a reward of that. Um, a really practical example, actually, is, is my friend Tat. My friend Tat. Um, one year ago, my friend Tatiana passed away in a car accident. Um, it was almost her wedding day. She only had one year left of school. It's tragic. Um, no one that close in my life had, had ever passed away. And, you know, a, a year into this, I can't imagine what her family's feeling. You know what I mean? Like, like I can't imagine what her mom and dad are feeling right now. Um, here's the truth, though, that I'm holding on to. Tat is with Jesus in heaven. And she has never been better. She has never been better. And I will see her again one day. And we'll laugh. We'll reminisce. We'll, we'll watch The Office or something. It's going to be amazing. I really do believe that. Look, I could not imagine what death would mean with a close friend if I didn't believe in God and if I didn't believe in life after death. Look, I have hope even when life gets to its very darkest place. You know what that hope is? You know what that peace is? That's a reward from God for following him and walking with him. God has given me hope for Tat that it's going to be okay even in the worst possible scenario, death. God has given me hope for that. Look, that hope that I'm holding on to is a reward from God. It's a benefit that comes from having faith in God. So yes, there is a cost to following Jesus. Yes, it's constantly denying yourself every day, picking up your cross. It's hard work. But you know what would be way harder, actually, than following than not following Jesus? Or you know what would be way harder, sorry, than following, not following Jesus? Not follow, wait, I'm confused. <laughs> you know what would be way harder? Not following Jesus. Um, living life for God's kingdom instead of our own personal kingdom, it's hard work. You better believe it's hard work, denying yourself. But I would not have it any other I would not have it any other way. Um, the writer Dallas Willard, he talks about how it's actually much harder to live life without following Jesus. Imagine we didn't have a purpose in life. Imagine we actually all were here by accident. Can you, can, can you imagine? Sure, you get to do whatever you want as long as you can get away with it, you know. Uh, but at the, end of, at the end of the day, at the end of life, it's meaningless. It's useless. It doesn't really matter because we're just happy to be here. It's just, it's just chance. I'm sorry. I'm not settling for that. My life counts for something. My life means for something. And look, so does yours. So does yours. So let me encourage you today, okay? God has a really, really incredible plan for your life. Really, really good. More than we realize. You're not here by accident. And yes, following Jesus is hard sometimes because it's countercultural. But I'm telling you, you, you do not want the alternative. It is so much better than the alternative. Following Jesus is not a burden. He takes your burdens, okay? 
This is my challenge for you. Live life for God. Put, your king, put his kingdom first in every single area of your life. And as much as we talk every single week of, about how it is the hardest thing you will ever do. Oh, it costs so much. There's so much pain with following Jesus. And that's all true. But look, it is the very best life, though. And it's worth it. And it is so much better than any other life that you can live. And that's the main thing I have for you is, is live for God's kingdom, not your own kingdom. Okay, if you can remember one thing, live for God's kingdom, not your own kingdom. Because the alternative, living for ourselves, look, it's so easy as you go at first. But eventually it leads to regret and emptiness. And kind of like what Saul was, right? How Saul lived in the end. So let's avoid being like Saul. Let's be like David. Let's have kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God at the front of our minds. That everything that we do in every area of our life, we're chasing after God's vision. Let's build God's kingdom first. So my challenge for you is this, okay? Live every area of your life for the king, okay? Don't let your faith get compartmentalized, okay? Don't let it be this thing like, okay, Sunday mornings, I'm so into it. And this is so awesome. I'm with my church friends, and this, this is so great. And then it's like, okay, back to work on Monday. Back to school on Monday, back to family, back to reality, and then it's like, okay, I can't wait for Sunday morning, and then it's like you become a different person on Sunday. No, my challenge for you is to, to put God's kingdom first always in every area. Let God impact every area in school and home and work and friends and family, personal life, business, everything. And look, I'm telling you, those areas of your life, God will reward you. He will bless those areas of your life. And your life will be better for it. And again, I'm not saying he's going to give you a jumbo jet or a nice car or a nice house, all that stuff. Okay, I'm, I'm not going that direction. Although he could do those things. But I'm saying the things that really count, the things that really make your life good. He has all those things for you. He does. He does. So uh, just two challenging questions for you real quick. Um, which areas of our life have we not involved God in? Which areas of our life, it's okay, this is God, this is God, this is God. Oh, this little area, this is just me and whoever. What areas do we need to let God be a part of? And the second one is, what do we need to do to involve God into those areas of our life, okay? What do we need to do to involve God? And I saved the best and most important part of this message for last, okay? And, and, and maybe you're wondering, okay, so Bronson, you're telling me, you know, the whole story, God created the world, and Abraham, and then Moses and Israel. So, like, why, why is David so significant in here? Why, why is David such an important story in, in the Bible? And wait a minute. I know, I know what's going on here. Israel doesn't have kings. But I thought he made a promise to David that there would always be a king from his family. What's going on here? Guess what? God didn't break his promise. Eventually, there was a little baby that was born who is David's descendant, the rightful heir to the throne who would become king. And look, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And look, he's not just the king of a nation. He is the king of all kings. He is the king of all creation. And let me tell you, no one is ever taking that throne away from him. And when, when God was making that promise to David, there will always be a king from your family, he was actually referring to Jesus. He was referring to Jesus. And it's kind of, you know, and I hope, I hope after, you know, four or five weeks of going through this this summer, it's kind of like, wow, I was thinking Jesus is in every, like every story. He's everywhere. No matter where you go, New Testament, Old Testament, he's everywhere. Yes, absolutely he is. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of scripture is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And if you don't know the Easter story and the Jesus story, it's really simple. is that God loved us so much that God sent his only son, Jesus. And Jesus came and he was crucified on the cross. 
and rose again three days later. And when we believe that Jesus is God, and when we believe that Jesus lived a perfect life and died and rose again and he loves us, then we can have a relationship with him. And I, I, I challenge you, if you have never taken that official step to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, I want a friendship with God, what are you waiting for? It's all yours. No fancy formula, no fancy ritual, just now, even in your seat. Pray to God in your heart. Say, God, I want that. I want to know you. And he's there for you. Okay? So let's live like David. Oh, my time's up. Let's live like David. But my sermon's done too, so I'm, I'm going to get better at this. Eh? You're impressed. I know you are. Um, as, time, as time went on with, with, with David as well, um, he had many sons. You know, they were all kings. But a tragedy happened in Israel that kind of flipped everything upside down. And, and next week we're going to be talking about what happened when the kings of Israel turned away from God and what did the world look like exactly uh, right before Jesus was born into the world. Uh, and it's, it's going to be really good. And I just want to leave you with this, okay, this last verse, and it's a challenge, okay? It's a challenge from Jesus. It's, it's from Matthew 6, 33. Uh, it, it, it says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Let's read that again. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Do you need anything? Does anyone here need anything? Guess what? Jesus actually gave advice about that. He talked about that. This is what you do. You seek the kingdom of God above all else. He'll give you everything you need. That's the best life right there. Okay? And again, it's not what Canada and our society and our culture says. This is what the best life looks like. That's actually the best life that you can live. Okay? So let's use this as our standard, seeking the kingdom of God first. And God will reward us with the best life possible. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for every single person who's a part of Mountainside, for, for everyone here uh, just learning about you. God, I pray we'd love you more. And I pray you just remind us of that, God, that you come first, your kingdom comes first ahead of our own, and that you love us in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, just to close off service, we're going to take up some giving, so you guys are good to come forward. Um, there's a couple ways you can give. You can give, uh, we have a laptop set up in the back uh, that you can give online. You also can give at home, uh, and you can also give through cash or check as well through um, the buckets here. I also want, want to remind you that we have... Uh, the back corner as our prayer corner. If you need prayer for anything, you can be as specific as you want, as vague as you want, whatever. There's going to be some amazing people that will pray with you, um, and we'll just encourage you in that. And I wanted to, to just give you a little update and let you know that, what was it, two weeks ago on a Friday night, we had our first ever uh, junior youth outreach night. And so that's for grade five, six, seven, and eight. We just invited a bunch of uh, kids from the community to come out, and, uh, you know, we played some games, we preached about Jesus, it was just a really, really fun time, and it was, it was awesome, we packed out the basement, um, and we're believing that, uh, you know, the next time we're going to do it, it's just going to get more full, and more full, and more full, so I just want to encourage you with that, uh, that, you know, the future is bright for our youth here, which is really exciting, and uh, if you could pass the word on to any, any students that we know in, you know, from grade five to eight, that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be starting these nights once a month, once September kicks around. And uh, it's just, it was a lot of fun. I got pied in the face like seven times. It was awesome. 
um, but it's uh, the future's really bright for it. So want to encourage you with that. And with that, you guys are dismissed. God bless you. Make sure you, again, say hi to someone you haven't met yet, and uh, we will see you same time, same place next week. God bless. Thanks, guys.
Yo 